God, our Savior, as we hear your word, read and proclaimed, send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher of faith and of truth, and show us how we are called to live through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, before we read the scripture for today from the 32nd chapter of Genesis, I need to know a little more about this man who received a name change after a night of wrestling. Uh, just four chapters back in Genesis, in Genesis 28, Jacob was on the run having a dream at a place called Luz. But Luz received a name change too, becoming Bethel or Bethel. Jacob was on the lamb. He had listened to his mama's good advice to get out of Dodge for fear of his brother Esau. Even his name Jacob highlights the conflicts with this slightly older twin brother. Jacob means heel. It's also translated usurper sometimes, but he was called that heel because it said that he was born grasping the heel of his brother. He was trying to get ahead even before he was born. Jacob was his mama's favorite, maybe more of a homebody, while Esau was Father Isaac's favorite, and one day Esau came home famished, so hungry, and bargained away the birthright that he was due as the firstborn son. He swapped his birthright for a pot of stew, lentil soup or something. Later, Jacob tricked his dying father into giving him the blessing that traditionally would have gone to the firstborn Esau. So Mama Rachel told him to go hide from Esau and his wrath far away, go off to her brother Laban, his uncle. And that was where Jacob was headed when he laid his head on a rock and dreamed about that ladder the children sang of and about a conversation with God. It marked a turning point for Jacob. It was the first conversation that God had had directly with Jacob that we know of and it marked the beginning of his life at, as a chosen servant of God. Now when I was a young child, this was a Bible story that really, really confused me. Because I'd gone off to visit friends and relatives whose their pillows weren't quite like the one I had at home. They were too big or too little or too hard or too, you know, I had a Goldilocks kind of problem. <laughs> <laughs> and once in a while I had to sleep with no pillow at all. But never in my life had I ever used a stone or rock for a pillow or had I ever really even thought about trying it. And I didn't know anybody who had. But that's exactly what Jacob did. And maybe, maybe he wrapped it with a thick fabric or maybe he was just hard-headed. But that night, Jacob used a stone for a pillow and that night he had remarkable dreams. First he dreamed that he saw a stairway to heaven with angels going up and down. Now, when I was little, that part was confusing, too, because when I heard the song, We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder, I thought about all the ladders I knew about, which were kind of one way, either up or down, <laughs> but not both. And like Victoria, I was more familiar with the ladders that went up and then you slide down real fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if you picture the seam with a very long version of that extension ladder you used to get on top of your roof at home, well, you'll get confused too. But I'm told that the, the kind of ladder Jacob dreamed about was more like a stairway or a ramp. You see, in ancient Babylon, there were these tall structures called ziggurats. Ziggurats were kind of the Mesopotamian equivalent of the pyramids. And they had zigzagging, broad stairways up and down. And they were called ladders. Well, not only did Jacob dream about the ladder, he also talked with God who made four promises to him. It's pretty remarkable considering he cheated his brother out of his birthright. He lied to his daddy. Who am I? And he said, oh, I'm Esau, I'm Esau. He lied to his, he was a scoundrel. But God gives him four promises. First, he said, know that I am with you. Second, that I will keep you wherever you go. And three, I will bring you back to this land. And fourth, I will not leave you. Now, the preacher and writer I mentioned before, Frederick Bickner, has written that luckily for Jacob, God doesn't love people because of who they are, but because of who God is. So, time passes, and now, two wives and about a dozen children later, Jacob is coming home to meet Esau, the brother he had cheated. And Jacob hears that his brother Esau is coming to meet him. And it just doesn't sound like it's going to be what you'd call a happy reunion, because in a uh, a couple of verses there in, in Genesis 32, we read, The messengers returned to Jacob and said, We went out to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you with 400 men. Now, Jacob was panicked, terrified. He felt trapped. So he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the cattle and the camels into two camps. He thought, if Esau meets the first camp and attacks it, at least one camp's going to be left to escape. Kind of like on Star Trek when they separate the part of, a, part of the ship from the other part, you know. At least some will survive. Well, imagine, how would you feel if you had cheated your brother in some major way and years later he's coming to meet you and he's bringing an army? <laughs> 400 men. You'd be scared too. But first, before that meeting happens, Jacob's in for another interesting night, shall we say. Listen now for the word of God in Genesis 32, starting at the 22nd verse. And again, I'm reading from that common English Bible, the newer translation. Jacob got up during the night, took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River's shallow water. He took them and everything that belonged to him, and he helped them cross the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. The man said, let me go because the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. 
He said to Jacob, what's your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel. Because you struggled with God and with men and won. Jacob also asked and said, tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, because I've seen God face to face, and my life has been saved. The sun rose as Jacob passed Peniel, limping because of his thigh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Have you ever wrestled with God? If you did, who won? Did you come away with a blessing, a new name, a limp, hip injury? Many, many people find themselves wrestling with God when trouble finds them or when they go looking for trouble and find it. Many wrestle with God when they doubt their own worth. Many wrestle with God when they are unsure that their life has some purpose or meaning. Many wrestle with God when they feel that God has deserted them, when they feel they have had no encounter with God, at least not the kind of encounter they long for, they crave. Well, the preacher and author Martin Thielen says that true disciples are not satisfied with simplistic answers and pious religious platitudes, so they spend their lives wrestling with God. Thielen says that Abraham and Sarah wrestled with God as they prayed for years and years and decades for a child. Sick in mind and body and certainly spirit, Job wrestled with God in all his troubles. So did the psalmist David and so many of those psalms of lament, Jeremiah and all his lamentations, the apostle Paul and the disciple Thomas. And disciples wrestle with God still. Well, outside of the book of Genesis, Old Testament texts mention Jacob far more often than, say, Adam or Abraham or either one of them combined. He is important in the history of the people, the people who are named for him, called the children of Israel, and he's important as an ancestor of Jesus Christ. But for us, he's also important in understanding something about God. In this Old Testament story about Jacob, he wrestles with God in the night and then reconciles with his brother Esau. But in Matthew 5, Jesus suggests reversing that kind of sequence. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder, and all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. If they say to their brother or sister, you idiot, they will be in danger of being condemned by the governing council. And if they say, you fool, they will be in danger of fiery hell. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar 
and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go and first make things right with your brother or sister. And then come back and offer your gift. Well, either way, whether it's straightening things out with brother first or straightening things out with God first, what is clear is that our relationship with God is connected to our relationship with other people. And our relationship with other people is certainly connected to our relationship with God. To get right with others, we've got to get right with God. And to get right with God, we have to get right. We need to get right with other people. Now, who did Jacob really wrestle with? You remember the story started off, it says a man. And at the end, it says he's wrestled with God and man. So who is he wrestling with? And by the way, when the... When he gets his name changed, you know that Israel means one who strives with, struggles with, grapples with, wrestles with God. Well, I read about a church service in which high school seniors were being honored. And addressing the students, the pastor said, our hope and prayer for you today is that you will spend the rest of your lives wrestling with God. And I stand before you today saying the same thing because disciples wrestle. Life involves strife and conflict and struggle. And sometimes we can neither see the face of nor, name, nor know the name of what confronts us in the dark of night. But remember, disciples Disciples don't just wrestle. Disciples wrestle. Thanks be to God. Did you notice that it seemed like God appeared to Jacob in the dream, climbing the ladder, and then it was 20 years before we hear of God talking with Jacob again through a dream. You know what gets us from one time we feel the presence of God to the next? It's called faith. So have faith. And remember that you don't go anywhere by accident. Wherever you go, God sent you there. Wherever you are, God put you there. God's got a purpose in putting you where you are. God who dwells within you has something to do with you and for you to do where you are. So believe this and go in his grace and love and power. Amen.